Greetings and salutations from Times Square, crossroads of the world. This is the Muni Lowdown, produced by DebtWire Municipals, where we talk about this week's most interesting stories in the municipal bond market. And I am your host, Young Lim, desk editor at DebtWire Municipals. Good afternoon, everybody. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. And welcome to the Muni Lowdown, the podcast produced by DebtWire Municipals. Today, I'd like to welcome the DebtWire Municipals Research Team, headed by Greg Clark, and also joined by Anthea Ma. Welcome, everybody. Hi, Young. Hi, Young. How are you? How's, how's everybody doing? Getting point. Stay warm. Anthea, how about you? <laughs> well, it's, it snows again, so it's beautiful outside. <laughs> I'm enjoying the snow right now. Uh, if you had to shovel it, I don't think you would have to enjoy that much. <laughs> yeah, well, I live in apartments, so that's a one benefit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way to go. All right, smart move. All right, I'm glad both of you are safe and warm. So we're going to talk about the work you guys have done. Great work, obviously, and a new report. And without giving too much away, I know it's co- simply called the Toll Road Capital Fund Tracker. And pretty much I'll let uh, Greg explain the report to us. Okay, thank you, Young. Uh, I'll refer to this as the funding tracker for obvious reasons, too many syllables otherwise, but just for, for once more, it's the Toll Road Capital Funding Tracker. The report includes brief descriptions of the 10 busiest U.S. toll road and bridge systems, recent traffic trends, and summaries of their capital plans. The funding tracker follows a similar report we did late last year on U.S. mass transit systems. Now, how did you come up with the list of these 10 busiest toll roads and bridges? Um, so we used information provided to us by the International Bridge, Tunnel, and Turnpike Association. And our first try was with a federal agency, but somewhat to our surprise, they didn't have this data. Hmm. Then why don't you guys give us some, some idea of your findings? The borrowers in our study had traffic declines recently of about 20%. As you might guess, our mass transit report, by contrast, showed much greater ridership declines. Given the persistency of COVID-19 and the time it'll take for most of the U.S. population to be vaccinated, I think it's likely that for at least the next year or two, vehicular travel will continue to be preferred to mass transit. So, Greg, uh, earlier you mentioned that these borrowers' capital plans. Describe for our listeners what a capital plan is and what it entails. Well, capital plans are plans for how a borrower is going to finance its capital or infrastructure project. And they typically cover horizons of five to 20 years. Most borrowers pay for their projects with a combination of current funds and monies that they receive by or from issuing bonds. And what I use a the term current funds, I mean money that's left over after they pay operating and maintenance expenses and debt service. And uh, to add to that, capital plans were also our primary sources of information for upcoming borrowing. And this plan tend to be updated annually at best. So there was not a lot of information regarding any potential changes to this plan. And due to the, that, that's due to the economic effects of the coronavirus. Okay, then. Now, why don't you give us some information on the individual borrowers? 
of the 10 toll roads and bridges, two are in Florida, two are in New York, and there is one each in Texas, California, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, and Maryland. The busiest of the 10 in terms of traffic count is the Miami-Dade County, Florida Expressway, followed by the Central Florida Expressway, which serves the greater Orlando area. The other eight in decreasing size by traffic count are the Central Texas Turnpike, which serves the Austin area, the bridge and tunnel operations of the New York MTA, the uh, New York State Thruway, which goes from downstate New York north to uh, Albany and then west all the way to Buffalo, the Pennsylvania Turnpike, Oklahoma Turnpike, Maryland Transportation Authority, Bay Area Toll Authority in, San, in the San Francisco area, and the New Hampshire Turnpike. And we should also point out that not all of the operations of any one borrower are contiguous. For example, the Bay Area Tour Authority have seven separate bridges in the San Francisco Bay Area. And the busiest of those seven is the Bay Bridge, which connects San Francisco and Auckland. So let me ask you a question. Other than geographic location, which you guys just talked about, is there anything else that distinguishes certain toll roads from others? Well, the one big line of separation is newer versus older. The Pennsylvania Turnpike, for example, is, I think, the country's oldest major toll road, having opened in 1940, and the New York State Thruway dates to 1954. And you contrast those dates to the more recent openings of the roads we mentioned in Florida and Texas. So to some extent, it's also a split between Rust Belt and Sun Belt borrowers, but the Sun Belt, of course, growing much more rapidly than Rust Belt states and therefore having a need for more traffic, for more roads, and in this case, more toll roads. Well, now you've, you've piqued my interest. Uh, out of curiosity, what's the longest of these 10 bars in terms of miles of roadway? Well, the longest appears to be the Oklahoma Turnpike, which has 607 miles of roadway. And the Oklahoma Turnpike consists of 10 separate turnpikes, not all of which are connected. The Will Rogers Turnpike, for instance, starts in the northeast corner of the state and runs southwest from there. And it ends on the outskirts of Tulsa. Although I guess if you lived in Tulsa, you'd say it starts in Tulsa and then goes to the northeast corner of the state. Speaking of Will Rogers, Anthony, you're much younger than I am, and, I, and even I wasn't around when Will Rogers was alive. So here's a trivia question. Who was Will Rogers? Uh, that was an uh, interesting question. Uh, I know that he was uh, definitely one of the most well-known celebrities in 1930s, and he carried lots of titles, like he was an entertainer, a radio personality, uh, one of the highest paid Hollywood film star, and he also is one of the uh, most widely read newspaper columnists, and he was famous for his pithy and humorous social commentary. And he was definitely remembered by lots of Americans. Like the Will Rogers Turnpike you just mentioned is named after his honor. But also lots of streets, uh, buildings, and even the airport is named after him. It sounds like you wrote a book on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last question. Do you, do you know how he unfortunately met, uh, met an early, a relatively early death? Uh, I do know that. I think that's a sad story. I know that he is a big promoter of 
aviation, and he tried to persuade people that airplane is safe at that time. But unfortunately, he died out of an airplane crash. I think oh, it was okay. in Alaska. All right. Well, there you go, folks. At the Beauty Lowdown, you get information on American trivia and American personalities of the 20th century. There's no telling what you're going to hear. Wow, that's that's actually quite fascinating. I mean, know that Will Rogers has a lot of uh, famous quotes. I think uh, my favorite, I think one of his best known is basically the quote of, I never met a man I, did, I didn't like. So That's a good one. Mm. Another but, one is, uh, I don't belong to any organized political party. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> but I know there's no relation to Will Rogers to Roy Rogers, but... In a weird irony, I don't know if it's the, that's the right word, you guys are talking about turnpikes. Roy Rogers, the famous cowboy, has a chain of restaurants, and back in its heyday, there were hundreds of them. Now there's literally like, I think less than 50, and they're all, ironically, on like located off a turnpike. Right. Yeah. Oh. The well, new you, you open... You open the floodgates now with that one. You know, I, I, met, I met Roy once. I went to the Ray Rogers Museum. Really? Which at the time was in, I think, Victorville, California. This is like 30 years ago. So I'm looking around, and all of a sudden, here comes Roy. So we all had our t- pictures taken with him. He's a great guy. Wow. 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 Look at that. Celebrity sightings in the, on the Mew Lowdown. Yep. <laughs> all right. Let's get back to the report. So tell us, who's got the most ambitious borrowing plan? Well, that's a little bit difficult to answer because, as we said early on in our discussion, the planning horizons for borrowers and their capital plans differ. So borrower A might have a bigger capital plan than borrower B, but if the first plan occurs over 10 years and the second one over five, it's difficult to compare them. Having said that, the Texas Turnpike Commission, which manages the central Texas Turnpike. Uh, those two entities together are planning a $7.5 billion project that will add one or two lanes, depending on the location in the area, to Interstate Highway 35 in the Austin area, one of the most congested highways in the state. The lanes would be for high occupancy vehicles and not be told. And they don't say why it's not going to be told. At least I couldn't find a reason why. So I'm going to give an educated guess. The lack of tolls is possible is going to be possible because the state via the Turnpike Commission is probably going to provide a good portion of funds for the project. And also another borrower, the Bay Area Toll Authority, they had voters approval in November 2017 and $4.5 billion for area highway and transit improvements. But funds for those improvements are not yet available due to litigation by a taxpayers group. And about $201 million in tools collected under terms of the referendum from January 2019 through September 2020 is in escrow until the litigation is settled. I see. Interesting. Uh, anything else you guys uh, like to mention on the report? Uh, just that this is a report that was shared with subscribers to our sister company, which is Information News. And information's readers are interested in public-private partnerships, also known as P3s. And some of the borrowers we studied have already undertaken P3 projects. And it's 
I say it's likely others are going to do so in the future. All right. Good to know. Okay. So that's our show for today. Many thanks to Greg Clark and Thiema, a part of basically our Muni research team. Thank you, everyone here. Thanks, Young. Thank you. And uh, thanks for our listeners out there who tune in week after week for the latest on distressed Muni debt on the Muni Lowdown. Take care, everybody. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Muni Lowdown with me, your host, Young Lim. If you want to know more, subscribe to DebtWire.com and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share. Join us next week when we talk about the latest in the municipal bond market.